our respective rented rooms to a little terrace two up, two down in Shepherd's Bush. Two years on, the first democratic elections were held in South Africa. Mandela had been released from his long imprisonment and everyone was expecting what only a few years before had been unthinkable and unimaginable. South Africa would have a black president. I have to go back, I said to Ludo. The country was still ostensibly in the grip of apartheid, but there were rumblings and mutterings, protests and marches, not just from the black community, but from whites too. Something was happening. Change was coming. We could be part of that change. We can't, said Ludo. We have a house, a mortgage. We're freelance. If we leave, we might never find a job again. At this time, he was making children's programmes for ITV, I was just starting out, making a lot of tea and doing a lot of typing for very little money and not much sense that this was a career that was going to go anywhere. The pull to go back to Africa was insistent. Well, I'm going. Given little choice, Ludo gallantly agreed to my madcap plan and we flew to Cape Town in October of 1994. Our work permits had been turned down that morning, but by then it was too late We'd rented out our house, sold our car, said goodbye to our friends. We moved to a little rented place with no furniture in a Cape Town suburb. Our neighbours were black, the new South Africa. We tried to work, tried contacting production companies back in Britain to offer programme ideas or help if they were planning shoots in South Africa. We were spending more of our meagre savings than we were making. This is ridiculous, said Ludo one morning. If we want to work in television, we should have stayed in London. We're in Africa. Let's make the most of it. We gave up the house, bought a four-cortina pickup with a yellow go-faster stripe and a gear stick that would detach itself from the rest of the car when changing between second and third, and headed north. We left South Africa, crossing the border into the newly independent Namibia, with its long, straight dirt roads and otherworldly vegetation. We discovered an abandoned mining town, almost swamped by the shifting sands of the desert. We scrambled down a vertiginous path to the bottom of Fish River Canyon, envying the soaring eagles and the sure-footed little clipspringer antelope that skipped effortlessly down an almost sheer rock face and disappeared into the shadows. We climbed giant dunes, marvelled at the cruel majesty of the skeleton coast, and narrowly missed being swept away in a flash flood. We drove through Etosha National Park, where giraffes stalked across the landscape, lions lazed in the shade, and hyenas skulked at the edge of the waterholes, scattering warthogs and making the antelope snort and stamp. We travelled the length of the Caprivi Strip, pausing to let marching columns of elephant cross the road in front of us. Passing briefly through the border with Botswana, we went on into Zimbabwe and the romance of Matopus, now Matobo, National Park, the final resting place of Cecil Rhodes, and the mysterious ancient site of Great Zimbabwe. On Christmas Day, camping near Lake Kariba, we were woken by a herd of buffalo filing past our tent and later got a magical glimpse of a rare wild dog as it raced across the road in front of us in pursuit of an unseen prey. In Harare, we applied for visas to Mozambique, newly emerged from decades of civil war.
We went to the AA office to ask how much petrol was available in Mozambique and whether we would be wise to take our own supply. We don't advise our members to go to Mozambique at all, said the woman in the office. Okay, I said, but we are going, so can you tell us whether we can buy petrol there? We don't advise... We climbed a mountain while waiting for our visas to come, and then headed across the border to a desolate land devoid of almost all wildlife. The roads were rutted and broken. The few towns we passed through were a dilapidated jumble of disintegrating buildings, blocked drains, and hastily set up stalls selling Johnny Walker black label and contraband cigarettes. Food seemed in desperately short supply. We camped on beaches beside the hot brown waters of the Mozambique Channel, sweltering in our tent from the tropical heat and unforgiving humidity. We drove south and then turned to the west.